Hello, and welcome to the Bite Size Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Shiroki, and today what I thought we would do is we're going to look at a devotional from an app that I use called the Bible app. You can get it on any device, download it. They have a ton of awesome reading plans, um, many different versions of the Bible. Um, We just have a lot. It's a very rich resource for anything Bible related. So I'd encourage you, especially with all the junk we can have on our phones, to definitely grab that app or an app similar to that and um, utilize it daily because it's important that we seek the Lord daily and that's what we're going to focus on in this episode in particular. So as far as Bible verses go, we are going to be looking at Romans chapter 8 verses 1 through 14. Galatians chapter 5 verses 16 to 24 and then we'll finish up with Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 to 17 and while we look at those verses I'm going to definitely peek into the notes that are noted in the spirit-filled life bible new king james version that I use because there's always some nice insight into kind of the deeper meanings behind the verses that we read. So without any further ado, here we go. Okay, so like I said, we are going to start with the devotional section and then I will get into the verses that I mentioned. So the devotional says, as we seek to choose the Lord each day, it's necessary to remember that we all have a desire to follow our flesh and think or do whatever, quote-unquote, feels right or seems easiest. This would be the path of least resistance that is our human nature to always take and pick. So the devotional continues and says, As Paul argues in Romans 8, For those who are outside of Christ, there is no choice. They are controlled completely by their sin. Believers, Paul says, have the Holy Spirit living within them. By the Spirit, we are becoming more and more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to overcome our flesh. As Joshua told the Israelites, we can choose. We do have a choice every day, every moment of every day, really. Again, this goes back to who sits on the throne of your heart. If you or another person or an idol sit in that throne seat, you're most likely going to choose the flesh, which will be the path to destruction. But if Jesus is truly sitting on the throne of your heart, you will seek him. And over time, the Holy Spirit that dwells within you will be changing you to become that reflection of Christ. So... I'll continue with the devotional. How might this choice play itself out, especially first thing in the morning? It seems that most people usually spend a few minutes gathering their thoughts for the day before they get out of bed in the morning. I want to quickly just say that this is vital and this is key. I know like most people, 
one of the first things we do when we wake up these days is grab our phone and check whatever it is you check, social media, news, whatever. I'd highly encourage you, before you dive into the worldly garbage, get into the Word of God. Get into, again, a devotional. This one I'm reading out of, this is four paragraphs. The entire thing could probably take you less than 10, 15 minutes. That 10 or 15 minutes you spend, that little bit of time you give the Lord, I promise you he will reward that exponentially not only in that day but in the overall course of you of your life as you continue to put him first and then proceed with your daily activities i've experienced this change and it's truly transforming when you consciously say i want to get my fill of my daily Holy Spirit and spiritual food that is only found in diving into the Word of God and prayer, um, as well as other things such as fasting. Um, but, you know, it's a little goes a long way with God. And again, this type of a discipline, you know, the people that I see that are most successful in life are usually the most disciplined people. I, as a former Marine, we know a lot about discipline. Sometimes it's a healthy way, sometimes not so healthy, but I've been out of the Marine Corps for almost uh, two decades now. So I've fortunately been, um, you know, deprogrammed, quote unquote, enough to the point of where I can take the good from what I got in the Marine Corps and kind of leave the bad, like I try to do with every experience in life. And, um, you know, that again, just taking that little bit of time in the morning and consciously engaging the word of God and Jesus through prayer and through supplication through the Holy Spirit. It will transform your life and your walk with God because, again, putting the Lord first puts everything in perspective. And when you really look at what your daily routine or problems or anything that you may face during the day, I often do hearken back to that early time in the day when I took the time and typically the Holy Spirit, as amazing as God is, will speak to you what needs to be said and when it needs to be said. And again, those few minutes you take in the beginning of the day can be transforming and will transform not only your walk with God, but your entire life in a good way. So I'll continue with this devotional. In these moments, it can be a temptation to choose to think first about our day, our schedule, what we need to do, who needs to be where, etc. All legitimate things, by the way, that, you know, that's life. That's, that's our routines. Before we know it, we can fall prey to the lies of the enemy and begin dreading our day or feeling overwhelmed by it. And then try to tackle it as soon as our feet hit the floor. What if instead... We were to choose the Lord. What if, by God's grace, we would choose to fight our sinful flesh, put it to death as God's word instructs us, and set our minds on his way instead of allowing our thoughts to run amok? Practically, what would this look like? 
we would begin by thanking the Lord for the gift of a new day and acknowledging that he alone is sovereign and he alone is control, not us, not a system, not a government, not a politician, not a spouse, not a child, not a career, not a boss. Jesus himself is in control at all times. So, again, when you put things in perspective in life and you realize that, frankly, 99% of the stuff that we allow to consume ourselves when it comes to the things compared to eternity will be irrelevant, there's a real peace about that. And, frankly... Um, you will notice that you will become better and more proficient at whatever your daily tasks are when you really just kind of quote unquote, you know, let go and let God, so to speak, and really just let him truly be the one who leads you through the day. Um, so I'll continue here. We would begin by thanking the Lord for the gift of a new day and acknowledge that he alone is sovereign, that he alone is in control, not us. And then by his grace, we would put aside our thoughts, our concerns, and our agendas and draw near to God by spending time in his word and in prayer. One thing I find, too, is when I'm really battling something, whatever it may be, you know, in the flesh, getting into the word prayer are essential. And then sometimes I feel led to fast, maybe not for the whole day, maybe just for a portion of the day. You know, God will guide you and the Holy Spirit will guide you with that. But there's something unique about when you're in the midst of a true spiritual battle, and as Christians, we all know what that feels like, but when you starve the flesh of its physical, literal desire for just nutrition and food and pray, it's amazing the experience you'll have when God undergirds you both spiritually and physically will strengthen you to get through that day and time. Don't get me wrong. If you have a real laborious job and you're starving by the time it's noon, eat lunch. You know, your body and God will, you know, guide you again into how to do this and engage, you know, this specific thing of fasting. But if you look at Jesus's life, he fasted and prayed often. And those two things go together. Um, again, my experience personally is when I'm under a real spiritual attack from whatever it may be, that act of fasting and starving your physical flesh strengthens you spiritually in just an amazing way. Again, this goes hand in hand with prayer and getting into the word. So, you know, uh, they, they all go together. They're, they're, these are conscious acts that we do on our part and God takes that and brings it to new heights that we can't expect. So the devotional close out by saying, no matter how much we think about our day and our agenda, the reality is that the day belongs to the Lord. If we start each day intentionally acknowledging this and acknowledging who we are in Christ, this practice could easily transform how we think about and live out the rest of the moments in the day. 
like I said, you will be transformed. Your day will be transformed. And in turn, your life will be transformed. Your walk with God. It's its an amazing thing. The grace and the love that God can do and show us through our simple acts of obedience. So, again, now we're going to look into Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 14. So, chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Quickly, that term made free in the Hebrew um, basically means to liberate, acquit, set free, deliver. In the New Testament, the word is used exclusively for Jesus' setting believers at liberty from the dominion of sin. Quickly, it doesn't mean that, you know, we are sinful and we do sin regardless of being a Christian or not a Christian. But the difference really is the reality of being a slave to sin, quote unquote, or I'll call it being out in the wilderness where you're just totally cut off and not interacting with God at all. And this could be a backslidden Christian or just someone who's totally never accepted or known Christ, excuse me. And hit. there is definitely a freedom that is very unique under this new covenant when you're living and walking in the spirit and not in the flesh and fully relying on Jesus and knowing and fully committing to the fact that he is in control and we are not. Um, one of the kingdom dynamics here just quickly says, um, Spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit is given several different names and symbols in Scripture. In this chapter, he is referred to as the Spirit of life, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, and the Spirit of adoption. That's incredible um, to think that we're adopted into God's family, which is exactly what happens when we confess with our tongues that Jesus is Christ, He is Lord. And we believe it in our hearts. Jesus comes into our life, fills us with the Holy Spirit. We are then grafted, it says, into God's family. We'll look into grafting someday. It's a pretty cool visual. But basically what that is, and a quick little explanation is, when you have a tree or a plant, you can actually take limbs or parts of different um, uh, dead trees or plants, <laughs> which is pretty cool, and then graft them into the living root and tree and in turn that plant or dead branch or root or excuse me not root but dead branch or dead part of a plant will actually come back to life and can regrow and produce fruit which is an amazing spiritual picture of what actually happens to us in god's family as being Gentiles that are people that are not Jewish, that believe in Jesus. Um, right now we're in the time, the age of the Gentiles, the Messianic age. And it is pretty incredible that God takes dead limbs like us 
and grafts us into that living tree, Jesus Christ, and allows us to grow and then produce fruit. That's, and it's just a beautiful picture. It's, it's one of many that the Bible paints and that our God just gives us to understand and visually kind of try to comprehend what's going on spiritually behind the scenes. So I'll continue with, uh, again, chapter eight, verse three. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Just quickly, that um, that that's incredible to see how Jesus came down, took on manly, you know, human flesh, and then, like we say, he lived a perfect life. When we say perfect, we're talking about a perfect life according to the Mosaic Law, which, as you can see in verse three. The law could not do and accomplish what Jesus did because the weakness of our flesh. So as human beings, even under the Mosaic law, animal sacrifice was still required because people sin. And the law, although it was God's law, did not keep people. And um, it was impossible to have that true fellowship that is now found in Jesus Christ by totally relying on him and recognizing that he was the only perfect man and was also 100% God and 100% man when he was here on this earth. And his ultimate sacrifice was the sacrifice in which God required. He lived a perfect life and then was sacrificed for the world and resurrected for the world because you can't keep you know can't keep a good man down as the old saying goes so um or a good god (laughs) a good good god thank you lord (laughs) so continuing into verse five for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit the things of the spirit For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. A little while ago, I said, you know, I remember I said, Although your good intentions may be good and you may do something that may appear good, ultimately, if you're not in Christ Jesus, you can do nothing good. Nothing will ever be good enough that you can do to supplement what God requires. So that's why salvation through Jesus Christ is essential to be reborn through the Spirit by accepting Jesus Christ and having the Holy Spirit fill you and enable you to do and produce those good works and the good fruit of the spirit, which God 
has great pleasure in. It's a sweet aroma to God. He loves it. He loves to take care of us. He loves to keep us. Um, <laughs> he is a jealous God. That's why he wants to be number one in your life and wants to sit on that throne of your heart because <laughs> there is no idols to be, be had before the Lord. And for good reason, because once you know God and you look around at everything around us, I mean, this is all going to burn someday. It's all going to go away. That career can come and go. That person can come and go. That car comes and goes. Trust me, I've had it all happen in my own life and many others have as well. But if there's one constant, again, it's that love and the reality that Jesus Christ is in control and loves us and wants us to rely totally on him. So continuing, um, chapter nine, or excuse me, verse nine, chapter eight, verse nine, Romans, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Again, this is all about totally relying on God and letting the Holy Spirit guide you and fill you with his strength. And that strength will be increased as you rely on him. Chapter 8, verse 12, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put, the death, put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Um, we will now look into Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 24. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, 
peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. I want to look at that word. I mean, if you look at the, um, you know, the walking in the flesh compared to walking in the spirit, the descriptions that are given, I, any person in their right mind would choose walking in their spirit because walking in the flesh basically sounds like all of the evil we see in the world around us. No surprise there, because if you're not in Christ, People are in their flesh, and that is the fruit, the evil fruit that's produced by walking in the flesh. Now, in chapter 20, or excuse me, in verse 22, the word kindness is used as one of the fruits of the Spirit. And that word uh, in Hebrew means goodness in action, sweetness of disposition, gentleness in dealing with others, benevolence, kindness, affability. The word describes the ability to act for the welfare of those taxing your patience. The Holy Spirit removes abrasive qualities from the character of one under his control. So yesterday, I mean, my prayer and to this moment is for patience and for the ability to love others as God loves me and to forgive others and to treat others as God treats us. Because, you know, I'm a human being. I have my moments where, you know, you, you get frustrated, you get upset, maybe being on the road, be it whatever it may be, you know, with people, with your job, whatever it is. Um, but day by day and prayer by prayer. I am being transformed into the image of Christ by the Holy Spirit. It's an inner working. And again, it's no work, quote unquote, on my part. The only work that's in Christ is simply relying on him and simply letting him do the work. That indwelling Holy Spirit changing us. And that's, I've lived in many different types of lifestyles and pursued many different avenues in life, I promise you, life in Jesus Christ, walking in the Holy Spirit is the most rewarding, satisfying life you will ever lead. Trust me. <laughs> uh, trust me. I, I can just, I, I'll expand on it someday, but I'll just leave it there. Um, now we're going to get into Colossians, our last verse of the day, Colossians chapter three, verses one through 17. Um, again, focusing on being heavenly minded in the spirit and not earthly minded in the flesh. If you, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Again, going back to being crucified, killing the flesh. When Christ, who is our life, appears, 
then you also will appear with him in glory. Quickly, that word there appears um, in Hebrew means to lay bare, reveal, uncover, make visible, make known what has been hidden or unknown, make clear. The word tells us of Christ's appearing when we see him in the full expression of his glorious character. I'll comment on that after we finish this up. So continuing at verse five, therefore, put to death your members, which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against you, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. I'll continue on and finish up at 17, then come back to that forgiveness part. Again, Colossians chapter 3, verses 14 to 17. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Jumping back to verse 13, that word forgiving means to do a favor, show kindness unconditionally, give freely, grant forgiveness, forgive freely. The word is from the same root as charis, grace. That's incredible. Um, and, and again, that's what God's put on my heart lately is just to be forgiving, to forgive others as he's forgiven me and to really live the way Jesus lived, to be that reflection of who Jesus is. So 
I wanted to get into some more of the notes, but um, at this time, I think I'll stop there because I'm a little more than bite size at this point. So please put God first, put off the flesh, be heavenly minded, spiritually minded, not carnally minded or walking according to the flesh. And God will reward that greatly. God bless and have a great day.